1: I would like to welcome you to The Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I want to revisit a website that I used to talk about frequently, and then I went silent on it called Wish. Well, I'll tell you why I stopped talking about Wish, what's going on, why they ended up in my graveyard. And speaking of messed up, We've really done a lame job in the United States getting ready for the invasion of the electric vehicle. But I want to tell you, there are some smart people out there that are getting the drill right on it. I want to tell you what they're doing and where we're headed, hopefully not wasting a lot of our tax dollars, which seems like could be happening as well at the same time. So I'm going to fill you in. So wish used to talk about Wish because it was ridiculously cheap. Wish is a website that promised prices on goods that were just insane. Anybody from the Northeast who's older who remembers, Crazy Eddie, our prices will drive you insane. That was pretty much what Wish was. But unfortunately, Wish didn't always deliver well. Uh, You may remember the story about me buying a winter coat that was 6XL and it was from China. And not only was 6XL not big enough for me, where usually I wear a U.S. size men's medium, occasionally a large, depending on the garment, a 6XL wasn't even big enough.
0: I bought a shirt on there once and (laughs) made the same mistake And it was so small. Like I was like giving it to my daughter for her American girl doll. Like it was so tiny. I mean, not literally, but it was, but it could have been doll. Oh my gosh. It was crazy.
1: So wish was always kind of a gamble. You know, you never knew how it was going to play, but then wish fell on hard times because the company allegedly, according to employees, there was been a number of reports about this. It was a deep dive in the New York times about how Wish knew they were selling false promises and they were selling things that actually were phantoms that were never delivered and all that. And now they have a whole new management team and supposedly everything's going to be hunky-dory now. But I long ago put them in the graveyard. I mean, when other than people asking me why I don't talk about Wish anymore, when's the last time I ever talked about Wish? Probably six, eight years ago. I didn't even realize they were still around, but they are. And okay, I've been thinking this through. Should I try it again and let people know what the experience is like, or is that like being a glutton for punishment? I mean, I think
0: we know based on reports now that the experience is terrible, so I would never recommend that anyone. But
1: they've got this all new management, and they say they're cleaning up their act.
0: Okay, if you want to,
1: let's see what I let's see what they got going on right now. Because, again, the prices are crazy cheap on Wish. Let's see what (laughs) happens here. Sorry. Okay. So what do we got? Top item here is a SWAT hat.
0: Oh, that's nice. For
1: $3.59. Then there's a bunch of wallets here. Phone charger for $1.17. A passport wallet for $2.59. A soap drain. It's a soap holder, basically.
0: They say it's shaped like a leaf, but it looks like a urinal.
1: Yeah, it does look like (laughs) a urinal, but it means the yucky of the soap drains out. $1.60. This is junk. Cane for $5. (laughs) What? um, I I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm going to get involved. Maybe a
0: passport case.
1: Let's give that as a gift. What interested me about this was it's crazy. Like when a company does something really terrible and ruins their reputation, how do you get it back? I think about this with the banks, you know, the banks have never regained a positive image with the public. And then there's this whole scandal going on with Zelle. And now the federal regulators Are cracking down on Zell. There's apparently going to be new regulations the banks are going to file a lawsuit against. They're going to require the banks to follow the law on fraud, on accounts, and the banks are saying, no, no, we can't be responsible. We can't. It'll cause our costs to go up. Get a clue. Get a clue. I mean, listen to how I'm talking about Wish now, and supposedly they're supposed to be great now, and because of what happened before, you're like, Don't do it, Clark. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I won't do business with one of the big banks. I just won't. It's not going to happen. Because it is so difficult doing business with organizations that actually don't care. And so follow the reputation of who you do business with, because over time, That's what really matters is what kind of service are they delivering? Or are they, in fact, giving you customer no service and they don't care?
0: Okay. This first question is from Terry in California. Costco changed credit card vendors and I was left with an Amex card that I have to keep active. Now REI has done the same. I heard about that from a couple of people who wrote in. They've changed vendors, and now I'm stuck with yet another card I'm forced to keep active. Add to this, Fidelity has offered me a new 3% card, which I don't want to add to the pile, but Clark, it's 3%. Through no fault of my own, I'm stuck with too many cards. How many points will my credit score drop if I close some of these cards, and how long will it take to recoup these points? My credit score is in the low
1: 800s. So, Terry, first of all, congratulations to you, because Fidelity only offers, and I don't even talk about it because it's such an exclusive group of Fidelity customers, they only offer the 3% cashback card if you're running huge amounts in your Fidelity accounts. So you got big money, big investment money with Fidelity, get the 3% card, and that's called leapfrogging. So the REI card that you had doesn't do you any good anymore, so apply for the Fidelity card, get it, close the REI card. Uh, Same thing with the Costco that you're left with the Orphan American Express card that you really don't want. If It has no annual fee, leave it be. If it has an annual fee and it's not relevant in your life, then go ahead and you've got an 800 plus credit score, you're going to be good. And yeah, you want to be very careful closing credit accounts when there's no annual fee attached. But if you get another card that fills that role in your life, one for one, you're fine. So, I would be confident and comfortable. You know, with the American Express card you had that became an orphan, I don't know what you transitioned to with them when you got the new Costco Visa card. The new Costco Visa card basically was your leapfrog already. So, you're probably fine to close that one too.
0: This is from Aiden in Ohio. I'm 17, and my employer recently started matching how much I put in my 401k up to 3%. My parents say...
1: Say the age again.
0: 17.
1: What age do most people start saving for retirement? Like probably 40. 30. Oh, 40. Wow. So um, 17... You're way ahead of the game and good for you.
0: My parents say that since I'm young, I should put my money into volatile stocks because I have time to recover if anything goes too far south. My 401k is currently entirely in the S&P 500, which has a history of not being volatile. Should I switch to a risk and reward index fund or stock or split between the two or just keep it all in the S&P 500?
1: S&P 500 rides with much of the market and it is actually volatile in the short term, S&P 500, I think, is down 18 or 20% uh, over recent times, but long-term, it's perfect, and it's absolutely great for you that you're participating in the 401k. You're picking up the match. You're in the S&P 500 fund. You're doing great. Being 100% in stocks at 17, great. One thing I would do is Aiden, if in the 401k, the employer offers about 70% now due, I want you to do the
0: Roth.
1: Roth 401k instead of traditional.
0: From Corian, Ohio, not a question, but one more reason to consider purchasing a Costco membership. My wife and I have been tracking our consumption of whole bean coffee purchased at Costco for the past year. At the end of the year, we compared our costs if we had purchased an equivalent amount of whole bean coffee from a large grocery chain in 12-ounce bags. We make one pot of coffee each morning in an eight-cup coffee maker and tend to alternate between the Kirkland House and one of their rotational brands. The annual price at Costco was just under $160, while the comparative price at the grocery chain was just shy of $320. For us, this alone justifies the cost of our membership saving money on coffee while gaining access to all of the other products and services
1: so Corey, the only question i have for you what are you going to do with your millions or billions <laughs> because if you are this careful and what is Corey doing what he and his wife they are still making coffee in like an old mr coffee kind of drip coffee maker right
0: mm-hmm.
1: instead of doing the cupy cuppy things, the Keurig things, where the cost of each cup of coffee, Corey, is like one seventh the cost by using one of the old fashioned coffee makers, instead of using the one cup at a time, little thingies. Mm-hmm. So little thingies, that's a scientific <laughs> term. So congratulations to you. And I can't believe you had the patience to figure out that you're paying half of what you'd be paying for coffee otherwise, but it shows that you watch every penny. You squeeze every penny, and you should be really proud of yourself for how you handle money. So 5% of vehicles, 5.6%, I think, of vehicles sold in the United States this year have been electric, and it's the lowest adoption rate pretty much in the developed world. But it's clear that our adoption of electric vehicles is going to climb significantly each year from here. But then the question is, where are you going to charge it? We're going to talk about that ahead. So, in its infinite wisdom, the U.S. Congress allocated billions and billions and billions of dollars to build electric vehicle charging stations around the country. Being government money going to the states, what they're doing shows that none of them have ever thought about how they fill up their vehicle with gasoline what do you do when you fill up your vehicle with gasoline you go to typically a convenience store and you fill up the vehicle and they don't make any money really on the gasoline they make the money when you go inside and you buy who knows what inside the convenience store and federal government with the money they're sending to the states A lot of the states have not really thought this through and they're taking the money and they're building these standalone electric vehicle charging places so that as people buy more and more electric vehicles, they got a place to charge them, but they're putting them as these standalone things with nothing for you to do, but stare at your feet. I don't know. Because you got to be there depending on the electric vehicle and the the wattage or the kilowatts of the charger, you got to be there from 10 to 50 minutes. Where with gasoline, you pull in and you got your car gassed up usually in five. So the smart thinkers here have been doing something completely different. These chains I talk about that I just get so excited about, Wawa and Sheets. And uh, other companies like that—they're into this. I, you know, Sheets started doing this like a decade ago. Wawa's been adding electric vehicle chargers as part of what they do. And guess what? They've got a captive there. Average time like twenty-five minutes versus five with somebody at the gas pump. And you don't have to be there actively. You know, you plug in the electric vehicle. And you walk away and you do whatever. With a gas engine vehicle, you're sitting there and you're waiting for the thing to finish so you can put the filler thingy back in its holster and see the damage of what you paid. One of the things that that worries people about getting an electric vehicle, where are you going to charge it? Well, we've already got all these zillion convenience stores around the country and If they're going to waste our tax dollars building this out, at least spend it at a place that somebody wants to be when they're charging. But I'd rather it be free market. Because let me tell you, if I'm a convenience store operator and I'm looking at the take-up rate that's happening in the world as vehicle fleets are without doubt going to migrate from gasoline to electric, over time... I'm going to have less and less people stopping in, filling up their vehicle with gasoline. I'm going to have more and more people who are going to want to be looking for electric vehicle charging. And what do capitalists do? The market changes, they either flex and change with it, or they go extinct. And I believe the smart operators in the convenience store business are going to adapt and realize, wait a minute, I sell to each person coming in to buy gas, I sell an average of blah, blah, blah dollars to them because a lot of people just gas and go and they don't come inside. But these electric vehicle people, they've got enough time to get some munchies or if I have a food operation, they can get a sandwich or they can get a hot dog or whatever. And they're spending 10 times more money inside my store than the people with the gas engine vehicle. And so I I just don't like that the government got involved in this with all these billions. Let the free market do it. The free market will and we'll have the charging infrastructure we need. Because by the way, uh question, where do you think almost all electric vehicle charging happens? in the United States
0: at home. Correct.
1: (laughs) It's somewhere around 80% of charging happens at home. Right. And so the, on the road charging, people take over the road trips a lot less frequently, most of us than we think we do. And so something like 5% or so of charging is done over the open road. And so this problem is much more solvable, much more easily than us spending taxpayer dollars to put that infrastructure in.
0: Okay. This question is from Catherine in Georgia. My mom is 75 years old and is driving a 15-year-old car that always has something wrong with it. I would like to buy her a new luxury car that has the best safety features. This would most likely be a cash purchase. She lives in a different state. How do I best do this? What laws should I be aware of? Thank you. You have saved me thousands, so now I'm in a financial position to help out others.
1: Catherine, that is very sweet, and it's so nice that you're going to do this for your mom, and I want to tell you it's easy. I, over the years, have bought multiple vehicles in different states because I've gotten a better deal somewhere else. I even bought a vehicle once in Arizona and had to get it back east. Uh, This is not hard. When you buy a vehicle in another state, and the state has some form of sales tax or whatever on the purchase of a vehicle. You don't pay that because you pay it when you register the vehicle, when your intention is to register in another state. So it'll be very easy for you to do so. And you can buy the vehicle for your mom and register it where she lives. She'll have to do some paperwork. She might have to sign power of attorney form or something. So if she's not in a good position to go deal with the plate or tag office, You can help her with that, motor vehicles. This will not be hard. And the dealers are very used to this. They've got no problem with this procedure because they do it all the time. They buy vehicles out of state. They sell vehicles to people that are going to be registered in another state every single day, or at least not every day, every week. One other thing, Catherine, if you're not a subscriber to Consumer Reports, please look at their buying guide and buy your mom a luxury vehicle that gets very high reliability ratings because you don't want your mom to have to worry about that vehicle going in the shop.
0: John in Arizona says, I read your review of Visible, the discount cellular carrier on Verizon's network, and I'm seriously considering switching from Verizon to Visible, especially since Verizon tacked on an extra surcharge in my most recent bill. My only question: Which carrier do you use personally? Do you use a major carrier or a discount carrier?
1: So, John, I have been in the T-Mobile web for oh my goodness, how long since before, when they were Sprint before? Yeah, uh, but then I I fired Sprint mm-hmm. and then I went to T-Mobile. I'm trying to remember when that was because Sprint service quality went down. Mm-hmm. Switched to T-Mobile. It's been a long, long time, and I have 14 lines. <laughs> On my plan. And the plan just keeps getting cheaper and cheaper, amazingly. So I've been with them, and I haven't been able to find, for as many lines as I have, a cheaper offer from someone else, even one of the off-brand companies. I should tell you with Visible, Visible is Verizon. It is not somebody who uses Verizon's network. It is Verizon. Verizon has been losing market share so rapidly to other carriers. They needed a defensive strategy, invisible is it. And so people who are really brand name sensitive and are not price sensitive have stayed with Verizon. People that are more price sensitive have been abandoning Verizon in droves. That's why Verizon just came out with a new plan uh, to try to keep people from dumping them that is a no-frills unlimited plan, that's lower cost than the other Verizon offerings. So you can stay with Verizon brand name, give up a lot of the features you have right now. So they've dumbed it down to try to uh, keep people from leaving them in such large numbers. And Visible is another effort because young people look at Verizon as being not their parent cell phone company, but their grandparent's cell phone company. For some reason, Verizon has no cool factor with younger people. So Visible, if you look at the website, it's all about cool, 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 and cheap, cheap, cheap. And it's the same Verizon network. What do you give up going on Visible? They slow down the data speeds. Not that I've heard any complaints from people about the data speed you're given, but it is unlimited data that depending on how you sign up for Visible is 25 a month, including all junk fees per person, to maximum $40 a month per person, including all junk fees. The family plan is obviously 25 a month per person.
0: And from Brandon in Arkansas, I'm planning a trip to Europe next year. Does it make sense to buy euros now since the exchange rate with the dollar is about even? If so, what's the cheapest way to buy them?
1: So, Brandon, um, the euro is going to have a rough ride for a good while until the war in Europe is resolved, whenever that is. And so the euro is at the just about the weakest point it's ever been since its creation. And it's brutal for Europeans. It's going to generate even more inflation across Europe. A uh, tough time for the Europeans. So if you go buy euros now in anticipation that you're freezing in the cost of your trip, you could do that. Uh, the problem in the United States is that you pay a huge exchange fee buying euros here. I expect you're going to lose about 10 cents on each dollar you spend buying euro just in all the junk fees that you pay in the United States to buy it. So there is an alternative. You can actually buy a euro ETF, exchange traded fund. And depending on if you have an investment account who you're with, you can buy the euro ETF, probably commission free. The expense ratio on those is less than half a percent per year. So it'd be much cheaper if you wanted to basically play euro futures to buy enough euro ETF that would cover the cost of your trip. And then you sell it when it's time to go. And if the euro has gone up in value, you're going to do quite nicely. If it's gone down in value, you're going to wish you hadn't done that. But having to overcome the roughly 10% cost of buying actual physical euro in the United States. That's going to be tough for you to make work for you. And it's why generally I don't try to hedge foreign currencies before a trip.
0: And what about the short-term capital gains you would have to deal with because of the trip being in less than a year?
1: Oh, that is true. Okay. That's why you're the smart
0: one. <laughs> no, I was just wondering.
1: Okay. I didn't think about that. Yeah, you'd have you'd have capital gains tax you'd have to pay if you made money owning that Euro ETF fund. It's generally businesses that buy those that are signing a contract where the money is having to move in a currency different than they use in their own country, and they don't want to get caught short, and that's why they would buy ETF positions in a foreign currency usually. It's not normally an individual doing something like for a trip that would do yeah. it. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> Maybe you could fly on, uh, what's the Norse Air? The new cheap, this would work. You could fly to Europe on Norse. It's like $200 round trip right now. Spend a couple of days in Europe, exchange your money there. Know you're getting it at par, you know, $1 per euro. And then fly back and then take the trip you want to (laughs) take later And you'd have the money cheaper than doing exchange at a U.S. bank. What
0: do you think? That's commitment. That's real commitment. To fly Norse? It's real commitment to to the Euro exchange. (laughs) Getting it now.
1: That's funny. All right. Well, I want to tell you, from cars to cell phone to travel, we're here to help you navigate your questions, help you protect your wallet. And do you know we offer free one-on-one advice and guidance 30 hours each week, something we've been doing for just short of 30 years. And you can call our Team Clark Consumer Action Center, talk with one of our staffers or volunteers by calling our helpline at 636-492-5275. Available to you Monday through Friday from 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. That's Eastern Time Zone times. And have a wonderful day.